Good morning, church. All right, so you got the hint. Yes, very good. Uh, in Roots, every Sunday morning, we kind of have a tradition, and I need it to work my jitters out. So even though it's second service, I still get jitters in the second service. It happens. So I need you guys to help me out. Roots, you know what to do. When I say good morning, you give me a good one. So good morning. Good morning. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was okay. That was okay for a second. I kind of expected maybe a little bit more, but next time we'll be fine. I love these all-in services. I love when we get a chance to put priority to family. So I want to echo what Stephen said. It's an amazing thing. And yes, it might be a little messy. might be a little more noises in here than we're used to. But kids, I want to, I want to look at each and every one of you as I see you out there, and I want you to know that you are not just people inside of this church that we are taking to the kids' wing and hiding over there and forgetting about. All you kids look at me. You guys have a huge role to play in this church. You have an amazing ability to move the word of God through this world even better than adults because adults see your faith and they'll listen to you. So you guys have a huge role to play and you are so very important to this church and it's just amazing that we can bring you in this morning all together as a family. Amazing. So let's dive in. Today we're going to be talking about a command that is given to us by God in the New Testament and it's for all of us Christians. And this isn't just one command. This is 59 different commands in the New Testament, all tied individually to their own scripture. Now some, they might be repeats, but they're from a different context. Kids, can you say context? Context. Now that is a fancy word, but let me explain it to you. So after church, I'm going to go and get a diaper and a banana. And you might be looking at me going, what? is he talking about? Well, I didn't give you context. I didn't explain why I need this diaper and a banana. This evening, I'm getting a pet baby monkey. See, now it makes sense, and that's what context is. It's just a fancy word that tells us what other words mean or or gives us the whole picture of what I just said. Or in this case, context to the different ways that we are commanded to blank one another. So we are going to look over all 59 of these as a broad scope. We're going to look over the top of them because we could not possibly dive into all 59 in depth. But we're going to look at what this means for our church. It, we're going to look at what this means for our church to do these things to one another. And what they're going to be divided up into three different sections. And if you have your Bibles, start opening them up to John 13. That's where we're going to be hanging out as we start this morning. And my outline today is going to cover the 59 one another's in these three different sections. And they're going to be broken down into loving one another, getting along with one another, and lastly, serving or giving up ourselves for one another. And we're going to see this broad picture of what togetherness as a church means for God's kingdom. 
And the title of the sermon is dot, 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 one another. Clever, I know. So let's, let's get going. Let's go into our first section, loving one another. John 13, 33 through 35. Little children, yet a little while, I am with you. You, you will seek me, and just as I had said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one another. So we're going to focus on just this one scripture this morning, but the command to love one another is found another 14 times in the New Testament. And that's just speaking to directly loving one another. There's other commands that pertain to loving one another, but they talk about doing something to love one another, such as acts of service or being devoted to one another, which we see in Romans 12:10. So to understand this text, we're going to have to go over to the Old Testament. So all my grace kids, answer a question for me. How many commandments were given in the Old Testament? Ten, I heard a ten. You are correct. There were ten commandments given in the Old Testament. And, kids, if you know, what were the commandments written on? Stone tablet. Yeah, stone tablet. So, I have some, well, cardboard tablets, but (laughs) you get the idea. And actually, we don't even know how the commandments were divvied up between the two tablets, or even if they were on one tablet and on another, but we know there were two tablets and they were written in stone and these are commands that we were given in Exodus 20. Some of them are, thou shalt not steal or thou shalt not take the, Lord, Lord, the name of the Lord your God in vain or how about honor thy father and thy mother. So, These Ten Commandments were given in the Old Testament, but why do I need to follow these commandments? Well, the answer is in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. God shows us why we are to follow his commands in verse 2. What does he say? He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. From the Israelite people came Jesus, which if you believe in Jesus, you are saved from sin, death, and the power of the devil. Jesus came to save the entire human race for those who believe in him. So there's a New Testament now with Jesus. There's a new way. So do we need to follow these old Ten Commandments? Boys and girls, do we still have to follow the commandments? Yeah, we do. In fact, incredibly, God has written these commandments on our heart. Not only do we need to follow these commands, but when we do something wrong, we feel it deep inside. We know when we did wrong. It's because God has put on our hearts right and wrong. 
And we should be so thankful to him. He is good. So when you are about to do something wrong and you have that little feeling inside you that says, I don't know if I should do this, we see the goodness of God in the way that he points us to what is right. So now, let's head back to John 13, 34. Jesus tells us to love one another, but why? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. He loved us so much that he gave up his life for us. But if that wasn't enough, he took on the weight of the world's sin. Many men and women have since been put to death for their crimes in world history. And you never see it turned to and talked about that, yep, another one was, was put to death for their crime, and wouldn't you know it, they sweat blood again. It's because Jesus endured something far greater than anyone has ever endured. He took on the weight of the sin of the world that happened before he came, that happened at the time he came, that happened after he died and rose again, that happened to us that we committed this morning, that we will commit for the rest of our week and the rest of our lives, and that humans will be committing sins till Jesus comes back. That's what he had on him. That's the weight that Jesus took. So yes, he endured pain, terrible pain and torture for us. Amazing act of love. But the fact that he took the weight of the sin of the world on him and destroyed it. Jesus rescued us from slavery to sin just as God rescued the Egyptians from slavery. Jesus has a new commandment for us, and that is to love one another. So now we know why we are to follow this command. But what was the reason why Jesus wanted us to do it? Well, let's look at verse 35. John 13, 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Loving others shows others that we follow Jesus. And let me put it to you like this. So I have a bag here. If you're in first service, don't give it away. In this bag, I have something. And I want to know if you guys can guess what's inside of it. A donut. Oh. Yep. Nope. Banana. Nope. This is all great things. Great things, but you're not correct. Um, let me show you what's inside of here. Okay, let me show you. Now what is it? Yeah, it's a heart. Now, why couldn't you see it before? Well, that's because it was in the bag. It was covered. It wasn't out in the open. You couldn't see the heart. All right, let me bring out something else. Let me, let me see if you guys can tell me what this is right away. It's a heart. There was no question this time what I'm holding. I'm holding a different heart, but you knew right away 
that it's a heart because it wasn't being covered up. And the same goes for when we love others. The love of Christ is visible in our lives. And you know what? For me personally, this is what drew me to the Lord. God used others to call me to himself by their love in their hearts and the way they acted. It stirred me. It moved me. And God called me to himself through their acts of obedience. And church, we need to be called to the same thing. We can make massive impacts for God's kingdom by loving others. How are we going to do this? I have good news. We're not alone. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Church, we need to be prayerful. We need to pray to God that he would give us the ability, the courage, the desire to love others, even when it's difficult, especially when it's difficult. So I want to challenge you for the next week. Start every morning with this prayer. God, show me ways that I can love others today. Amen. It is that easy. Ask the Lord to show you, to open doors, to put you to work for his kingdom by loving others. And not only does loving one another move God's kingdom, but loving one another inside of this church strengthens our church. Because the Christian life is hard. But with one another and love for one another, we can be sustained. And whether it's a problem with finances or medical or emotional, spiritual, or as simple as hearing that someone from the church prayed for you on a random Tuesday afternoon, can make a big difference in our lives and can unite us and strengthen us. This is not a normal thing to love one another in the church. There's some people that are sitting on this side of the sanctuary that may not have ever talked to another person on this side of the sanctuary. We have 300 plus people on any given Sunday. It is quite likely and probable that most of you, if not all of you, have not talked to every single person in this church. So how are you going to have love for one another. It's not normal to love someone you don't know. It's because it's not a normal love. It's a supernatural love that we get from the love of Christ that dwells in us. And when we have the love of Christ in us, we're unified under one name, one king, and that is Jesus. When you are a Christ follower, it closes all the gaps. So any difference you ever had, anything that made you guys different, anything that made you disconnected, You are now united in Christ. So by loving one another in the church, we are strengthened to love one another outside of the church and move the gospel where we live, work, and play. Church, that is the mission. So let's dive into our second section today. It's getting along with one another. And this is a bit more broad, and you'll see what I mean, but we're going to look at the big picture of what God is calling us to do as a church. And as we continue to dive into his word this morning and these truths, 
We need to remember what this is all about. We need to remember what the church is about. It's not about just loving and getting along, but it's about these acts of obedience, glorifying God and magnifying him. It's not about us looking good. It's about him looking good. So yeah, it's nice to be nice, but it's bigger than that. We move the gospel forward when we follow these commands. So getting along then, we have a list up on the screen. You can take a picture with your phone if you want, but these are all the commands of getting along with one another. And as you can see, they are a bit more broad, but we have scripture tied to each of them. So if you want to look them up later, take a picture. But you can see they, there are many different kinds of, of one another's here pertaining to get along, being, being at peace with one another. Or how about don't envy one another and gently, patiently bear with one another. Yeah, when we're a family, even in our immediate families in our homes, we have to bear with one another. This is common. This is what families do. So let's dig into it then. Romans 12, 16 through 18. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And let me show you what this means. If I could have my volunteer come up here. So Charlotte's going to come up here and help me make this demonstration here. And since she's up here, I'm on stage. I'm in the center. The lights are on me. Everyone's looking at me. I might as well make myself look good. I have this opportunity to look good. And I think I know a way that I can. So I'm going to be on my way doing that right now. Can you uh, see if you can lift that 10 times, just with one hand, just like this? Hmm. Man, am I good. I am strong. I am, everyone's looking at me, do it so much better than her. Oh, you even went, and then he brought it, oh boy. All right, let me see what I can do, because I just look pretty good. So let me see if I can do this again. How do you do this? You spin it. Okay, give this another shot. The old hips don't move like they used to. <laughs> well, I think it's time to give up. Thank you. That takes a bow. That is my daughter. <laughs> Church, simple illustration, especially for our kids, meant for you, but... You know, this happens in our church. You know, I, I have the spotlight here, and, and, and she's eight years old. I'm pretty sure she's not going to be able to lift that weight like I was able to. But then what happened? She turned around and she hula hooped like a champ. And I can't do that. And the same goes for us in our church families. We all have individual skills and abilities and talents. 
that do the work of this ministry. And, and let me remind you, church, that this isn't the pastor's church or the staff's church. This is your church. You are part of this ministry. This is just our calling and gifting. There's so much more that needs to be done. And we all need to remember that it's not the spotlight on us. And we can see very quickly how when we boast and try to magnify ourselves, how we could quickly anger and certainly not lead to getting along with one another. And then we see in the middle of 16, but associate with the lowly. So often I hear from people that aren't church, sadly, that they go, you know, Christians are the most judgmental people I know. And it breaks my heart because we are supposed to be completely the opposite of that. The gospel says we're all sinners. We're all condemned. We're all in huge trouble unless we follow Jesus. Pretty much means that we're all on a level playing field. And our goal should be the opposite. Associate with the lowly or or people we think that are lowly. I don't know about you, I'm pretty lowly. I'm a wretched sinner. But associate with the lowly. And in turn, this love will show them the love of Christ and it will draw them to God because he will use you to draw them to himself. Galatians 5, 25 through 26. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Remember, we're all different. We all have talents in our own individual ways. And God did that on purpose. So that we use our individual abilities to glorify him. And move the ministry of Christ forward. And doing anything apart from this breeds anger. And we need to remain humble and turn away from the desire of self-gratification. And we need to lift each other up for the main purpose. And church, the main purpose is to move the gospel. Kids, can you say move the gospel? Move the gospel, yes. We are strengthened as a church and empowered to do the Lord's work when we're unified as a church, when we come together. So arrogance, thinking that we're better than one another, destroys a church. Who is in the spotlight? We must remember who is in the spotlight, and it's Jesus. It's like this. If I threw the ball at any one of you out there and I told you to look the other way and then try to catch it, pretty much guaranteed, unless you got lucky, you dropped the ball. Because your eyes aren't on the ball. To catch the ball, you have to have your eyes on the ball. The same goes for the church. We need to have our eyes on who is in the spotlight, and that is Jesus. And by keeping our eyes on Christ, we will have the love of him inside of us and we will love others and get along with others because by getting along and bearing with one another, we are unified as a church for the glory of God. We're going to move into section three this morning. It's our final section of one another's of the 59. 
that we're diving into this morning. And we have a list of these, but not all inclusive. Again, you can see scripture is tied to each of these. And they have to do with serving one another, washing one another's feet, being subject to one another. So we're going to dive into Galatians 5.13 for starters this morning. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. There's an awesome Martin Luther quote I found in one of the commentaries um, I went through as I was studying for this sermon. And it says, a, Martin Luther is quoted saying, A Christian is free and independent in every respect, a bondservant to none. A Christian is a dutiful servant in every respect, owning a duty to everyone. What's this saying? It's saying a Christian is free. A Christian is free from sin, worry, doubt, really trouble of any kind. Because what does trouble come from? Trouble comes from us being worried about what happened. If we weren't worried what happened, then we wouldn't really have any trouble because it wouldn't matter. Well, see, that's the freedom in Christ. And if you're new to this power of Christ this morning, you're in church and you're going, wow, if I believe in Jesus, that means I have no problems or worries or troubles ever again? I'll just prosper? Absolutely not. In fact, it could be quite contrary to that. It could be the opposite. Jesus says that if you follow me, it's going to be hard. But what do we get? What do we get from the power of Christ in us? It's that we are keeping our eyes on the future hope of salvation and living eternally with him in paradise. So that when we have troubles in this world, when we have worry and doubts and pain and illness and death, we know that this is momentary. That we are only here for the next one second to maybe 95, 100, 100 plus years for those, some of us in this room. And then what? We leave this earth and we get to be in God's glory forever. That is why we're free. So because we're free, we have a duty to serve others just as Christ served himself. Jesus was the example. Now practically, this can be tough for us. We have busy weeks, busy schedules. Sometimes we don't have the abilities to serve in a certain way. We lack the interest, finances, hundreds of reasons why we may not serve. But we need to be prayerful as a church, that God would open up doors for us to serve. Because I'm not specifically just talking about serving in church. You guys all know that door is open. Man, I'd take every one of you in the kids' wing. Look me up afterwards. That door is open. I'm talking about praying that God would open up other doors in our lives, that we can make an impact outside of these walls. Or maybe inside of these walls, to love another person in this church. But we must be prayerful. And we need to surrender. We need to be a church that surrenders to God and let him take control. 
And when we pray like this, God is glorified because he will put all of you to work. So what comes out of this command to serve one another? Let's check out Galatians 5, 14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbors as yourself. Everything in the law hinges on loving our neighbors as ourselves. In fact, if you do this, you will fulfill every commandment 5 through 10. Loving your neighbor. But not only will we be living righteously this way, not perfect, but we will be building each other up. So if I make a mess on the floor, we have an amazing man here, Clyde, who keeps our church and facilities clean, does an incredible job, incredible servant. But I could leave this for him, or I could just pick up a broom and a dustpan and clean it up for him. And I think I'll do just that. Because when I do this, not only does he not have to do the work and bend down and and pick that up, that mess that I created, but it also enables him to do other things than coming up here and cleaning up my paper schnibbles. He could be used elsewhere. And listen, silly illustration, but the same goes for the work of the church. If we all pick up a broom or we all go out and share the gospel or we all do something in the ministry of Christ, we're all taking a bit of the work on. And the church as a whole will grow. The church as a whole will move forward. Loving one another's by serving. And I want all of us to be thinking outside of these walls. Take your service to those that are out in your neighborhoods, at your jobs, kids at your schools. How could you serve your teacher? Or how could you serve another classmate? Something so simple. Holding a door open. Being kind. These little acts of service, if you continue to do them, people are going to wonder what's up with you. Why are you doing this? They come to find out you follow Jesus. And guess what? God calls them to him through your act of obedience in serving one another. The goal is to see others come to Jesus. And God is glorified when that happens. So as we serve others, they see the love of Christ. And God is glorified. We need to remember our goal as a church. As I close this morning, I I want you to remember and be reminded that church isn't just a time where we check our box and we come in and we get it out of the way and and we go about the rest of our week. It's not for us as a church to see how many people we can get sitting in the seats. It's not to serve on Sundays. It's not to have an opportunity to display our greatness. 
The goal of the church is to expand the kingdom of God and spread the good news of the gospel. And how can we do this? We see it. We can do this by loving one another. We can do this by being unified as a church and accomplishing our mission together. And we can do this by serving others and giving up of ourselves. God is perfect in his word and his instructions are so clear. 59 blank one another. This is a roadmap to a strong gospel moving church that magnifies the Lord in all that they do. Church, word of grace needs to be that church. Kids and adults alike, I want you to walk away today with something practical. Kids, practical means we're going to walk away from here with something that we can do the minute we leave the auditorium today. As we go through our weeks, there's something we can do to make this happen. We must pray. We must pray that God would show us how to do this that he would put the one another's in our hearts, that he would show us how to love one another, to serve, to get along. And then we need to turn our eyes to the Lord. No matter how young you are, if you're old enough to open a Bible, open it. Sentence a day, kiddos. Start small. Adults too, if you're new to the Bible, just start small, but open it, spend time with the Lord. And pray. Pray that these doors would be open. Because we will be the light in this world if we focus on the one that gives the light. And out of this overflow from focusing on God comes an authentic desire to love others, to get along with others, and to serve one another.